sessions and today we are in the company of the poet and critic Gerard Smith who's here to talk about his most recent publication The Yellow River which is a collaboration with the painter Sean McSweeney. Jerry you're you're very welcome to Thank the attic. You. Thanks for coming Delighted along. to be here. Um, and before we, we, we hone in specifically on The Yellow River you've been writing for 40 years? Um, my friend uh, Jerry Daw reminded me it was almost fifty years recently. I, I yeah yeah I started writing in in uh, the sixty-seven sixty-eight mm -hmm. and started publishing in nineteen sixty-nine. So it's closer to the fifty. And and um, you've published about eight collections of. of um, I think this counts. The Yellow River is actually the ninth. Um, some of the earlier books were sort of um, apprentice books, which um, I probably have taken off my CV. And and were you interested in the visual arts over that period of time, or how did you get uh, into? Um, I think my interest in the visual arts developed, to some degree, more to do with my journalistic practice as a, as a, as a writer on culture and the arts. Um, I know I started going in to Dublin art galleries probably well as far back as the 1970s. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any uh, gifts in that particular discipline. Um, quite a number of poets do. They, 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 they can write for the page and they can go and work on a canvas and draw. Uh, Elizabeth Bishop is an example and there are, there, there are many others. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also, I, I've always thought that some certain poets were very good art critics. Uh, Ashbury has written a great deal about, about the visual art. Um, and I like the company of artists, um, which I think possibly w what we have in common is the image. Mm -hmm. The image in text yeah. and the image uh, in, in, in a representational way on the canvas. Um, so I was going in and out of galleries quite a lot, uh, and, and the image um, has always appealed to me. And were you writing about what you saw? Um, it was much later that I would have started writing in uh, about either painters or their work. It was mm. much, much later. It was not initially. Um, and that could, the, the, the collaborative element of actually working with artists um, came even much, much later again. Mm -hmm. um, you have a collaboration with, with, it's Brian Maguire, don't you, the, the, uh, a volume? I've collaborated with Brian and with Donald Teske prior to um, the, the project with Sean yeah. McSweeney um, on a much smaller scale. Uh, the collaboration with Brian Maguire was I had been uh, in, in the course of 2016, as uh, many of us were, was invited to get involved, actually not here in Ireland, but in London, in an event. <coughs> and I was asked, um, would I have a body of poems to, to read on the occasion, as well as to discuss um, 
the legacy of the 1916 poets. I had a number of poems which could be drawn together and I wrote some others and when uh, Jamie Murphy in the Salvage Press said, oh, we'll, we'll do that as a book, he always likes to have some kind of image and to have the visual mm -hmm. side. I mean, he's, he's based in, in NCAD, so mm. there's, he likes the visual element. Um, and um, given uh, uh, sort of Brian's own work and how it focuses on the political and the social, and I've known Brian and I admired his work greatly. I think I saw his, the first time I saw his paintings was way back in the Hendrix Gallery in Stevens Green, a lot when he, when he was a very young painter. Mm -hmm. I've always admired the work. Um, I asked Brian, um, would he do something or would he have something, or had he given any thought to uh, having a work that um, was appropriate to the 1916 commemoration and he came up with a, a wonderful image which was uh, combined with the um, it's actually a, a painting of an Irish passport oh. which he he felt was the most significant outcome yeah. of, of yeah. the events of 1916 uh -huh. uh, with Donald Teske um, I First, I, 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 I'm a great admirer of Teske's work as well. Before, he's quite well known now, I suppose, for his coastline paintings and depictions. Um, but I remembered him as, uh, as a pretty kind of gritty urban painter as well. He, he painted some, it was one of the best, uh, and I think I've said this in something I either wrote or at a lunch, uh, I did, I, I opened one of his exhibitions, some wonderful work set in Inner Dublin mm. years ago. Um, but when Poetry Ireland actually did a project called Rhyme and Resson, which you may recall, which was combining poets and painters. Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, it was a fundraising for the organisation. Okay. Um, poets were asked to, if they knew a, a visual artist, would they ask them to do a collaboration? Um, and I asked Donald, would he do it? And I sent him a poem, called, which was a, a Dublin poem called An Evening Walk in Maryland. And he did uh, quite a wonderful big painting, um, which uh, the, the works were sold to, ra to raise money. So subsequently later, when I did another book mm. called We Like It Here Beside the River, which was a sequence of Dublin poems, uh, I asked Donald, would you do a drawing for it? Mm -hmm. And he did, um, a drawing set in the James Street area of that wonderful St. Patrick's Tower. Oh, yeah. Um, so they were, they were uh, at that level. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and very much within, sort of because I know people associate you with, with Dublin, is your, it's where you're from, a lot of your subject matter. In, in, in many of the poems has been about, you know, those streets that you have pounded. Um, so it might be a surprise for people to know that this book, The Yellow River, is in Meath, is set in Meath. So maybe tell us how, how it came about. Uh, yes, I, I, I have probably a deep association with Dublin. I grew up in Dublin. Um, and to some extent, it's probably that association very few critics have ever acknowledged the fact that various books have had me poems. Um, I, I say in the introduction to the Yellow River that when I was asked to do the project, um, 
my only hesitancy was the fact that I had actually written quite a number of Mead poems scattered throughout several collections. Um, and Mead is also where I wrote my first poems mm. in the summer of 1968. I'll come back to that. Mm. But the project arose because um, I opened an exhibition for John McSweeney in the Salsa's Art Centre close on 10 years ago. It was a, a big retrospective exhibition of his work. I had um, been aware of Sean's own links to Mead um, through another extraordinary circumstance. Growing up in the Liberties in Dublin, Sean's brother lived next door. Oh, wow. Sean, yeah. Sean's brother, Noel, um, I lived in, in Pimlico when I lived in, I, I lived in Francis Street on Pimlico. Um, and then Francis Street again. But next door to the, the Smith family home in Pimlico um, was Noel McSweeney. I didn't know either as a, when I was very young mm. and then into my early adolescence that Noel had any linkage to um, a, a, a real artist and, a, a, and a, whose, whose reputation and fame in fact had, had grown considerably. Um, it was, I think, my sister who alerted me to the fact that um, uh, some wonderful work kept appearing on the walls in McSweeney House next door. Um, and she and Noel would, had these conversations about Noel's family mm. uh, and the, fa the fact that the father came from Mead. And she discovered that Noel's father came from the same part of Mead as our mother. Mm -hmm. So uh, I knew this, this was something yeah. I knew yeah. when I started talking to Sean. Um, I'd known Sean's work again, probably from going in and out of first the, Do the gallery in Dawson Street before the, the Taylor Gallery moved uh, to Kildare Street. Um, and I was always hugely attracted to that landscape work. Um, and, and his particular vision, which I think probably comes from a certain kind of lineage in Irish landscape art, you know, Jack Yates yeah. onto Paddy Collins and, yeah. and down to Sean, um, with lots of others, of course. But we had a, um, I was still working as a journalist in the Irish Times. We had a conversation in the Salsas uh, on that occasion. Which is in Navan, isn't it? In Navan. Yeah. And the director, uh, Belinda, Belinda Quirk became aware of my links to, to, to County Mead and I think back then said we must do a project someday and um, that day came maybe about three years ago when she and I uh, met again. Um, again another visual art project called Out of the Marvellous mm -hmm. um, which had uh, originated uh, with Kilkenny design and it was a um, you know it was matching poets and artists it, 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 they were craft artists mm. and it, it after it opened in Kilkenny it it went to Navan where I was kind of reunited with the idea of doing a project in County Meath. Yeah. Um, so we Belinda and I started talking about it and I you know, this was in a, a, a gallery space and I had always just simply written for the page in that 
quiet off the radar screen way that writers work. Yeah. Um, and I could not visualize what I would do uh, in a relationship with, with, with a, a visual arts gallery. Um, so the idea of a, a collaboration, and it, it was, um, the offer was very wide open, the brief was very wide yeah. open. Um, she said, if you, would you like to work with a composer, a photographer, uh, an artist? And I said, I want to work with Sean McSweeney, if Sean is willing to work with me. Mm. Um, because the other thing I'd become aware of, um, being a fan of his work, is that his landscape, and, and knowing about the Mead background, yeah. was that his landscapes, for which he is noted, were landscapes of Wicklow. He lived in Wicklow for quite a number of years, but he's so closely associated with Sligo, mm. which is from his mother's side. Which of is the where family. he lives now. Um, yeah. And he has, um, a bit like Jack Yates, there, there is that linkage as well with Sligo. He has been painting the, 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 the landscape of County Sligo, where, where he is well settled. Um, and I was baffled knowing of his Mead connection that he had never painted County Mead. So he hadn't up to that point. He hadn't up to that point wow. ever, which which he spoke to me about. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 those conversations were fascinating because I was learning how an artist looks at a landscape, and he he was telling me how different the landscapes were, and kind of questioning himself, can I can I tackle the mead landscape? Mm -hmm. uh, I had little doubt that he could. So so, how did the process work? Did you start with conversations? and then go off and individually create? Or did he do something that you looked at? Or did you do something that he looked at? Or what was the actual process? Before we, we knew that Sean was fully on board, I think I had started um, my part of it. Mm. Um, wasn't quite sure how long we were going to be given it. As it turned out, it was a two-year project. Um, I had this, I had this own notion in my own head of these Caminos walking the roads of County Meath, uh, which which had a certain appeal for me. But re reconnecting and revisiting old haunts, I suppose. Um, Sean and I started with a dialogue. That w we simply talked about memories. Mm. Um, the overlap in geography was astonishing. He came. It's all centered around a village called Wilkinstown, which um, is on seven miles north of, of Navan. It's on the road to Nobber. Um When I was a young fella, I used to have to get the Carrigan Cross bus, which stopped at the crossroads where my grandmother's house was. He, his house, where his, his, his side came from, was in Clongill, which again is, you know, to, to use the old cliche, a stone's throw mm. from where my mother's house was mm. at, down towards Knightstown. So it would be great maybe, because uh, it would be lovely to hear some poems as we, as, as we go along to illustrate this. Um, is there a poem that maybe sort of captures some of that area? Well, the, the village of Wilkinstown, um, I suppose, is the linkage, uh, the linkage between the two. You go in one direction and you hit my grandmother's house and the house where my mother was born and you turn a corner and down that road is, is where Sean's father um, came from. 
So I, this is called the backwards of Wilkinstown, which all, Wilkinstown, as I always discovered, uh, long after I, I, my, my boyhood there had linkages to Francis Ledwich. Um, I use a, an epigraph from a letter um, Ledwich wrote to a woman who lived in the in the village called Lizzie Healy around 1915, 1916, just before he went off to the First World War. And he writes to her to say, and this is the epigraph to the blackbirds of Wilkinstown, it is spring now and it must be lovely down in Wilkinstown. Are the birds singing yet? When you hear a blackbird, think of me. The blackbirds of Wilkinstown. There's a village where nothing has changed for years. Sweet pastures, through which the railway track is a memento kept as part of the scenery. The bog, where bog work was a tug of war, where Ledwidge's blackbird flaunted her song. The gatekeeper's cottage is gone, no need now for the gatekeeper's morning and evening vigil. The trees are like trees in a Russian novel, tall and gaunt, some ready to fall in the next winter storm. The righteous have their inner sanctum. The country chapel, where they pray for the bride at the altar, the soul in the box. No spectacle ever intrudes, except when the blackbirds arrive. Through the sweet pastures, meeting ground of the harriers, it's a short walk from schoolhouse to cemetery, where husbands and wives are resting in peace, and stone walls keep a little of the sun's day warmth. For night that comes darkening the harvested fields. Beautiful, beautiful. And again, people might be surprised that, you know, that, that there is a Led Ledwidge link because we associate him with slain. Uh, yes, the Ledwidge link is, is through this woman, Lizzie Healy, who was a sister of the local school teacher. Um, she was, um, they came from Slane. Um, her brother Paddy was a friend of Ledridge's and um, they lived in the what was possibly the school teacher's house which was in the village. Uh, Lizzie's sister and brother-in-law were, were local school teachers and she was living in that house with them kind of looking after the house I think uh, for some time around that period um, and Ledridge got to know her and used cycle out from Slane to see her and they, they'd actually take roots and he describes this in several letters uh, on bicycles or walking uh, down to the local bog uh, Fletcherstown bog um, beyond what I, when I, I when I read these descriptions in in some of the letters um, that Ledwidge wrote to Lizzie um, what I found extraordinary that 50 years later which is the time I would have been taking notice of my surroundings and the environment there uh, in the mid 60s um, so little had changed I thought the reference to the trees and this is something that also fascinated Sean because as an artist this was something that hugely interested many of the the small watercolors and drawings and paintings that he did of the area he was very focused on the trees mm -hmm. independently as an artist this this for him was very interesting mm. um, but the linkage to the Ledridge was fascinating. I had hadn't. I know. I think if I discovered it when I started writing poems, there it would have been really interesting. But as we all know, um, in in school in the nineteen sixties, when we did Ledridge, it was only for that one poem in memory of Thomas McDonough. Yeah. There was no um, 
we weren't told much about his involvement in the British Army or mm. his, the, the sacrifice that he made. Yeah, we weren't. Uh, we weren't and the ready. complex yeah. nature of his character that had, you know, I mean, he had been a, a nationalist and he had been involved in the Gaelic language movement and, and then went off mm -hmm. um, for, for good conscientious reasons. Mm. So you said a little earlier that, that, you know, your first poems were written in Meath. So, so was part of this project for you a kind of a recovery of those first poetic impulses in a way or? I think it w I think it was. I mean, there are different layers to the project. Um, John and I, w w we we soon realised it was a project about memory. It was about retrieval for each of us. Um, and coming back to your question about how we the process, mm. we did go off on separate ways for a good deal of it. I I was writing and sending him poems, and and, and very moved by his responses. In some of his in some of our conversations, very often just on the phone, that dialogue, um, there were prompts. I had forgotten completely about the Yellow River, even though, it when he said it, he said, and he said, you know, and do you remember the Yellow River? Something like that. Mm. The resonance was, was just, you know, went kind of through me because, in the, the farm cottage, you know place names and were coming up all the time and I just remember the Yellow River being spoken about so much for mm -hmm. some reason um, and I think immediately or soon after we, the, the Yellow River was was the obvious title mm. it, it kind of connected both of us mm -hmm. um, but the processes where I was sending him poems. We eventually started doing trips together. We 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 um, like field trips. Field trips. We we, I I was showing him my old haunts and he was showing me his. Yeah. Um, we we went to where my grandmother's house was, still is, because he then. When I had left County Meath, he was staying on for a week to do some sketching. And um, I learned that he had actually been sketching the house and looking at the house. And I was really moved by though. I mean, I, I think in the end, in the exhibition and in the book, there were, there were five depictions of the house. And that is the house in which I did write my first poems and the house in which my mother was born. And is this the house mentioned in When the Elms Died? It is, yeah. Would it maybe be possible to hear that? Yeah, and that that what the because we were talking so much about trees, um, and his knowledge of trees is is far, far better than mine. But I did the the was outside and the house itself is on. Um, what is now a main road? It didn't appear to be a main road back in the nineteen sixties. Road on up north up to Monaghan and Cavan. Um. I was telling him about the, uh, the the elms outside, kind of country lane to the side of the house, and how I just they fascinated me because they they created these dapples on the the laneway, but there was a an old um, farm kitchen table where we all gathered round for for the meals just inside this little window, and it would it would reflect into the window as well. And back in the 1980s, during during uh, 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 Dutch Elm um, 
occurrence mm. here in the, throughout the country, I think, at the mm. time. Mm. I went down uh, at that stage, I think probably with my own children. To, my aunt was still living in the, in, in the house um, and the tree was gone. And it, 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 um, it, it kind of had, it had its uh, emotional moments mm. for me. So Sean, in, in his depictions, restores the tree. Very he he good. puts the tree back in. But uh, the poem is about what, what the trees, I suppose, what that, those two trees meant to me. When the elms died. When the elms died and the one that shaded grandmother's house had to be cut down, all things changed. In the days that followed, when the tree was gone, I was more aware of it than when it was there dripping rain, stenciling dapples across the country lane, sometimes even through the windows onto the kitchen table. It stood like a sentinel opposite house and yard, but above all else its disappearance took away a sound of nature, the push and shove of leaves and the high winds making love. When the elms died and the tree cutter left only a stump, the songbirds travelled on. A new loss was added to the melancholy roll call. And I think his painting is also called When the Elm Died and there aren't, aren't that many examples of cross-referencing of titles between the paintings and, and the poems yeah. in that way, but that clearly was a kind of a key um, image for both of you. It, it was and it was a key part of the the conversation that was going on between us. Um, I mean, I took him to that spot. We were looking at the house and I said the, the, there was a field just across from the, the gate into the, the yard. Uh, that's where my elms were. Mm -hmm. um, but so a lot of things were being revived in, in imagination, I suppose. And, and would you say that you began to write differently through your exposure to that collaboration and would you say maybe that he was beginning to paint differently or is <coughs> it possible to see your influence on each other? Well, I do think Sean was painting differently and I suppose I know that by the reaction to the work. I mean there are paintings that, but it's still you have signature Sean McSweeney mm. here. Mm. You have the McSweeney colours, mm. which are just wonderful. Uh, and that opened my eyes to the colours of the county um, in, in some way, the, the, the colours of County Meath. Um, because Sean has a, a distinctive colour chart, a very distinctive colour chart. Um, wh when the, the show opened in Navan, he spoke particularly about the yellow. There's a beautiful summer field yellow. Um, I, I think I might have thought of me in darker colours myself. Mm, mm. Um, so the paint, the fact, first of all, he was painting a different landscape. Um, and it took him a while to actually, as we were making these trips, particularly, and he was doing sketches. And the sketches were wonderful, the drawings. The, um, he was adjusting, I think, the way he looks himself at the landscape. And I think that emerged in the work. I mm. mean, I know people looked at them and said, they are Sean McSweeney, but there's someone like, mm. um, there's something unfamiliar and familiar mm. here. Is it harder to kind of say whether there was an unfamiliar Smith in there? Um, I, don't, I don't know, and I think others have to, have to judge that. 
I mean, I mentioned having written about County Mead before, but I think I wrote differently with these. Um, I was certainly looking into the... I mean, th there are landscape poems there. There are personal family poems. Um, there are some odd ones in terms of, of bringing them into a Mead context, I suppose. Um, but I was also looking 50 years later. Mm. And I was looking uh, through a different, I, I had, a, I think, a different perspective. Do you want to choose one on that might maybe illustrate that? Well, I'll go back. I'll read the, the summer of 1968 when I wrote the first poems. Um, I, once I got into my adolescent years, uh, I, I was going down to my, my grandmother, I think, really, for a lot of harvest labouring um, because um, it was haymaking time, it was bog cutting time. And, I, you know, as, a, as an urbanite, as someone who was growing up listening, uh, you know, listening to cars out on the streets of Dublin 8, smelling Guinness's Brewery on mm. the Liffey, Constantly, this was yeah. a wonderful extra you know yeah. I, I say I, I was twice blessed and I, and I in the introduction and I do mean that um, um, I would think uh, uh, I, I was bringing starting to bring books with me um, I remember for example reading John McGarhan's The Barracks the first time in that country kitchen um, in the summer of 1968 a friend gave me uh, a book of E. E. Cummings I w my interest in poetry was beginning to get quite serious and I remember getting a copy of the Liverpool poet, the Mersey poets that summer oh, as well yeah. and having that with me. Um, and I had, I do think I had written some poems the previous summer and through that, uh, which were in an old school copy book that I no longer have. But that summer of 68, I think it got serious mm. because the poems I wrote that summer, I sent to David Marcus. Um, I was still in secondary school and Marcus, I sent them to Marcus in the autumn and we had a short correspondence. He wanted to see other poems and my first poems were published in January 1969 in New Irish Writing. It's amazing how As many people have sat in that seat and talked about the influence of David Marcus well, in terms of giving them that first outlet. I never, I never, and I still have the letters he wrote to me in response to those poems written in, in me in 1968. Um, they were, they're not poems I'd be waving around now at but this still, stage. But still, that process but begins. I remember one of them was called Town, and it was about Navin, which was a, a different place to what it is now. Um, and I think I, I, uh, I was trying to be some kind of pastoralist as well. Mm. Um, uh, the book that the, the Mersey Poets, I think it was Brian Patton, was the one I really took to. I think our, our, our cameraman director is a big fan of Brian Patton as well. Well, I, I, I've... I've I've still have I've kept the faith with Brian Patton. I might have left the other, the other two McGough and. Um, oh, that's Adrian. not poor Roger. Hi, Roger. He watches this. I'm sure he does. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Patton Patton's lyric voice really really appealed to me, and I think was probably an early influence. Um, I think I may have borrowed a copy of Dylan Thomas as well, so I had those books with me. But this book, this poem, sorry, is an attempt, I suppose, to look back on that particular summer and how the, the poetry um, kind of 
crept into my mm -hmm. life. The year I turned to poetry. The year I turned to poetry, 16 years of dreaming were all I had. When my first muse put the scribe's pen in my hand. Now my life is four times that, and I am back where it all began, looking for the midden that expanded like the universe in a corner of the yard, under daytime's silver birches, nighttime's bottleneck of stars. It was here my forefathers laboured for years, grinding hard clods into fine clay. Their house of sanctuary still stands, but rooms have been added, and I cannot find the window where they scanned the Milky Way. It was here I first looked for words to describe the sacred and absurd. I looked in the furrows, the stubble, beneath pine needles lying where they fell, under leaves that dropped from branches of the elm, that elm tree again. Now, very technical question. How did you decide the order of the poems and the pictures for the book? Who, who, uh, made, who made those decisions? We all sat down. Uh, Sean, Belinda, myself. Um, this was before um, the wonderful designer, Uni Young, um, was involved and then we brought Una in on it because um, her designer's eye, uh, exquisite, brought something extra to that. Um, some, some were obvious. There were poems, uh, w I think one of the early poems was Knightstown, uh, which is about, it's about the house mm -hmm. um, that Sean had painted um, several times. So the, po the painting Knightstown and, and the poem Knightstown were an obvious uh, match Clearing, yeah. in the sequencing. Um, the first poem in it, Today Is Not Enough, it, it was written in 1969 um, and was in, was the first poem, certainly in the first small book I did with New Writers Press and I've subsequently kept that poem in several Would collections. You read it? Today is not enough, and I've dated it, oh, Wilkinstown, August 1969, I've rarely done that with a poem. Today is not enough, today is not enough to remember forever this summer, strolling late across emptied meadows and the tumble-down yard, how eerie the motionless grass and the single bush of blackberries, the cowshed smelling of its dung heap on this voiceless afternoon. It's probably the only poem, it is the only poem in this, in the Yellow River, that was written on the site. I wrote it, sometimes, something you don't forget, I mm. would spend months, maybe years writing a poem now. I wrote it sitting in the yard before I left in August 1969, because I knew it was probably the last summer mm -hmm. that I would be there. Mm. So you were um, deliberately cap capturing? So I was trying to freeze frame, I think yeah. I say, in the introduction, yeah. that particular moment. Um, oddly enough, I wrote it in a kind of plain style that I then left to go experimenting with all sorts of other things and then arrived back where I started Come back. in terms of stylistically. Um, and, and, and I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's an, an absolutely gorgeous book. It, it, it's still an exhibition because you were saying that it's, it's going to be in the Triscoll in Cork later this year. The exhibition which, which looked wonderful in its, its home setting in, in Navan uh, will be going to Cork to the Triscoll 
and, and perhaps um, other places. Because it would be um, great to get it over to the model, for example, where Sean is. And it would, yeah. it, it would, and, and, and to get it, I mean, I know it's, it's about a very specific geographical location, um, but the responses, including places like Montreal, someone wrote to me from mm. Canada, um, I suppose. Um, well, it is I universal because it is about everybody has a home place or a place that has nurtured creativity yeah. or, or that sort of sense of family connections. So, so it might be me, it might be your me, but that will resonate with everybody. Yeah, and I, 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 I mean, despite um, my... My Dublin side, I suppose. Um, I, uh, poet Thomas Kinsler once said to me, you know, he said, I'd like to remind you that neither of us is a real Dubliner, you know. Blow-ins. Um, but our children are. I think. I, I think generationally, when you when you when you go down, if they're born in the city, um, but I, I I mean it it again. I, I, I it was probably some kind of counterbalance to that urban side in me. Um, and again, I'm very deeply grateful that I mm. had it through my mother um, because it has given, I mean, I couldn't have written any of these poems. They wouldn't, they wouldn't exist uh, or, or they would have been in some phony form, I think, if I hadn't had that kind of uh, Heaney-esque experience. And, and Bogan and Field, you know. And has it given you a, a taste for collaboration? Like, and I, I, again, I was thinking if, if you had a choice of any artist, dead or alive, that you might do another collaboration with. Any artist, dead or alive, Irish or international? Um, oh, your choice. Oh, gosh. Because we're in the realm of make-believe here. Or maybe not. Um. Well, I, he's he's very similar to, to I mean, he, he's, I suppose Jack Yates is similar oh, to, yeah. but he had his own poet, of course, and might have been that. He mightn't have, mightn't have wanted to work with, uh, I mean, the thing about Sean, Sean the, the other thing about Sean is when you, his works are very poetical. Um, and literary people, I mean, his relationship with Dermot Healy was very, very mm. close. Mm. His work is on the cover of so many of Dermot's books mm. and, and belongs there. Mm. Um, there are certain artists who are, you know, poets, painters, mm. and vice versa. Mm. Mm. And I think, mm -hmm. I, I think that, um, you know, I know Helen Vendler is a big fan of his work. I think that um, you probably wouldn't find that in all artists. Yeah. You know, you'd have to find a certain sympathy yeah. between the work of each one yeah. for, for it to work well. I didn't quite answer your question. No. It's such a big question. Yeah. Um, no, but I think, you, I think you did. And I think that that sort of sense of the connection between the two parts of the collaboration is, is, is important. It's not just arbitrary. There's, yeah. there are reasons why I mean, it works. Martin Gale is, a, is another very poetic painter whose, whose work I admire. Mm. Um, but I feel if you've done it once, you, it's, you leave it. You leave it. Um, maybe a photographer might be different of working with a photographer yeah. at some point. But good. Or a cameraman. Or a cameraman, indeed. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about the Yellow River. It is a, a beautiful, beautiful book. There, there, it is a limited edition. Um, 
limited enough in that there weren't that many uh, printed. So, so I would advise you, if you can, get your hands on a copy, do. Um, it is a beautiful thing and um, it will stand the test of time. So, Jared Smith, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Nessa. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for watching. Uh, we'll be back again next month um, with more interesting discussion about the world of writing. Yes, I know that I'm just a dreamer. I dream because it's the closest I'll ever get to you.